Today is indeed a day steeped in story. Not just any old story, but a story we Unitarian Universalists need to hear, to be reminded of, to let it run deep in our bones. It is one of those great stories, the stories that have become the bedrock of this religious tradition. We tell parts of it every year, congregations across our country, and yes, congregations across the world, hear of the creation of this ritual, this holiday, this simple but beautiful occasion. At least they should be. It's a story worth telling, and this day loses its power without it. It is the story of the Reverend Dr. Norbert Chopek, born in 1870 in southern Bohemia, and it is the story of Flower Communion, a holiday unique to Unitarian Universalists. Chopik was raised in the only religion the Austro-Hungarian Empire officially allowed, Roman Catholicism, and he wanted to be a priest from an early age. But disillusionment stirred early in his heart, and upon leaving home, he ran off with Baptist missionaries, eventually becoming ordained. Unlike today in Kentucky, where there's a Baptist church on every corner, in large parts of Europe, even at the turn of the century, you had to be sneaky about being a Protestant, or you could be attacked, harassed, killed, thrown in jail just for being different. Chopik and his wife Maya were forced to flee during World War I for his public critiques of the Germans. They landed in New York City, where he began serving tiny Baptist churches. But rather early on in his career, not only did he speak truth to power, and in his case, the Germans during World War I, but he was increasingly liberal in his religious beliefs and told the Baptists that often. Though he fled to the United States, he still had to stand trial as a heretic with the Baptists. Though they eventually exonerated him, he left the Baptist ministry a few years later. He declared upon giving up his credentials as a minister, I cannot be a Baptist anymore, even in compromise. The fire of new desires, new worlds is burning inside me. He eased into a career in journalism in New York, and he and his wife, Maya, began exploring different churches. Now, amusingly enough, and I love this part of the story, Norbert and Maya preferred to stay in on Sunday morning and have their coffee, read the paper, and some of this sounds familiar to a few, to a few of you, right? <laughs> However, they would send their children out into the neighborhoods to try to find different Sunday school programs and report back on how it went afterwards. <laughs> when they liked what their children reported, they found it was the Unitarian Church in Orange, New Jersey, to be exact. Chopik was on fire. He found his call to ministry again, and he convinced the president of the American Unitarian Association, Samuel Elliott, that Eastern Europe deserved a Unitarian Church again. President Elliott agreed, and with the blessing and money of the association, Chopik and his family moved to Prague to start a new congregation. Over the next 20 years of Chopik's ministry through the 20s, the 30s, and the 40s, early 40s, the congregation in Prague grew, as you heard, to be the largest Unitarian church in the world, even by today's standards. 
And when the Nazis began sweeping across Europe, the congregation grew even faster. In that congregation, Chopik created the first flower communion ceremony. And the congregation loved it so much, they celebrated it every year. Upon visiting the United States, his wife Maya, in 1940, officially introduced it to American Unitarians, and we have celebrated it since. When the Nazis moved into Prague, the American Unitarian Association tried to get Norbert Chopik and his family to flee, but they refused. Gestapo members would regularly sit in on Sunday services in his church, where he would deliver coded sermons to update the congregation members on what was happening in the war and the successes and victories of the Allies. Life continued this way under the Nazis. Intimidation, but still resilience and growth in the community continued. Chopik and his daughter were eventually arrested for the crime of sharing the news. That was the crime, sharing the news. In a day and age when journalism is again under attack, you better believe I am paying attention to this part of the story. Chopik was sent to Dresden for 11 months, and just before his release, Hitler increased the penalties on non-Jewish concentration camp members, of which there were many Unitarians. Chopik was sent to Dachau. His official papers had a two-word phrase stamped on the papers by the Nazis. Return unwanted. When he was in Dachau, Chopik was unwavering in his faith. Though he was tortured and starved, he led worship services for the people in the camp. And the service he led every time was the flower communion ceremony. The prisoners would scrounge up flowers or flowering weeds they could find on the grounds of the camp and bring them to the service. And at the end, they would, of course, take a different flower than the one they brought, a small beacon of hope in a dismal, tragic world. Many of the survivors of Dachau recalled Chopik's flower communion services in the camp and shared that it helped them not give up. One survivor testified to this, saying, if it hadn't been for Chopik, I wouldn't be here now. Chopik knew how his story would end. He knew his papers said, return unwanted. And he knew, having been in Dresden and now Dachau for over a year, that his time was coming to an end. Shortly before his execution, he wrote a prayer that we will hear in its entirety. But it begins this way. It is worthwhile to live and fight courageously for sacred ideals. O blow ye evil winds into my body's fire, my soul you'll never unravel. This story, like so many of our stories as Unitarian Universalists, is utterly heartbreaking. And yet, there is a thread of cheerful, abiding hope. There are flowers growing on the grounds of a concentration camp. There is beauty even when we feel the forces of evil have won the day for now. There is indeed the summer of our joy emerging from the winter of our sorrow. As a religious tradition that has often been labeled as heretical and dangerous, we have our share of stories that remind us of this even now in 2019, that this place, 
this church community is no casual endeavor. Sure, we can have fun. We have great parties. We enjoy our friends and loved ones. We can laugh at the ridiculousness of religion and church. These stories are not there to be told so that we are dour all the time. Who would want that? (laughs) Instead, we tell these stories to remember that we were once upon a time, and today, right now, heretics. A people who believe differently. And when the winds of evil have their day, believing differently is not a cherished ideal. The story of Norbert Chopek is our story. And we don't just tell that story, we partake of it. We add our names to that great cloud of witnesses who believed differently, many of whom suffered greatly. This is not an easy story to tell, but it must be told. We do not have concentration camps today, but we have thousands of Central and South American migrants in detention centers along our border. There is not a world war, but there are wars worldwide. We might all be empowered right now to speak the truth as we see it, and yet we recognize and see the freedom of the press and the integrity of the truth under attack. There are occasions in every chapter of human history, such as today, for a celebration such as this, a moment to take in the fragile, fleeting beauty of the flowers. And so when we take our flowers today, we are remembering And we are finding, we hope, a moment of beauty and joy. And so enter into this moment, dear friends, with joyful hearts. Blessed be. Amen.